Hi, you've tuned in to the Lovely Travels podcast where we talk about all things travel and adventure. My name is Emma Lovell, also known as Lovely, and I have a mission to visit every UN-recognised country in the world while raising awareness for mental health. Join me as we revisit some of my past adventures, speak to fellow travellers and interesting locals, all while following the journey to 195 countries. I'll be joined soon by my co-pilot, Darius, in Germany. And sometimes we're even going to hit the road together. Make sure to join in the adventure by following me on Instagram, Lovely Travels. You can also join our Facebook group, Lovely Travels Community, and learn more about us at the website, lovelytravels.com. But for now, it's listening time. Travel vicariously along with us. Welcome everyone to our very special Australia series where we are going to visit every state and territory of the land down under uh, over a, over eight weeks and today is our first episode. Welcome Darius. Hello, thank you Emma and welcome everyone to the Australia series. Australia. Um, we've, we've, are we going clockwise around the states or are we just going to see how it goes? We're just going to go. I mean, we were. <laughs> it will be t- dependent on when we can get our guests and when we can coordinate our recordings. Full disclosure. Yep. So, we today we are visiting Western Australia because our wonderful guest Amanda Kendall was so prompt and jumped on and did the recording with us. So she's good at that. She's very prompt. She is very prompt. She runs her own podcast, the Thoughtful Travel Podcast. So she understands that and plus she and I love to talk so it is never a problem trying to arrange for us to get on the phone together. Did you guys know if WA was a country um, it would be in the world's top 10 for size? I I didn't know that specifically but I can totally understand why because it is massive. It is over a third, I think I'm pretty sure Amanda tells us as well, over a third or at least a third of our country is WA. It's almost half. Probably. <laughs> it's, it's huge. It's, huge. it's also home to the longest stretch of straight railway in the world, straight w- railway. Oh, that's a good fact because she gives us a different one. So uh, there you go. What do you mean? She gives us a fact. I, I always ask for a fact from our guests. So What do you mean she gives a different one? Like a, a different, diff- it's not the longest stretch no, of no. straight railway in the world? Another fact that is not that fact. That Your fact stands. She has a different fact. Okay. I don't want to give it away. You've got to listen. They've got to listen. Okay. If we give it away in the intro, there's no need to listen. So, anyway, tell me, Darius, have you been to Western Australia? I have to two two of the Western Australia cities. Um, I've been to Perth. Uh, We didn't spend much time there. It was a work-related trip. Um, But um, got a bit of an impression. It was pretty nice. And um, I've also been to Broome, which is also a bit of a crazy place. It's very, they're very far from one another. You were at the very south and very north, really. Um, the um, Perth is the most isolated city in the world. I can imagine, yes. And the closest city is Adelaide, and that's 2,200 kilometres away. As in capital city or city, full stop. Well... Probably like big city. When when is a city a city? I don't know. Look, I don't make the facts. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if we call Broome a 
city as like a lot of places in WA probably aren't wouldn't meet the city classification. I wouldn't. I don't know. Broome is it's like a it's a town. Maybe I don't think it's a city. Yeah. And what did you do in Broome? Um, I went and uh, saw my friend Adam, who lived there for a while. Was he um, on the Jack Daniels thing with you? He was on the Jack Daniels thing. We can throw a link to that um, in the show notes. That's pretty um, cool. It was very cool. Jack Daniels flew me to Australia for like um, three days or something. And we From recorded. Germany? From Germany. And then you and um, I and we, bumped I was, into each other at the airport on the way when you were leaving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was wild. Um, but yeah, we'll throw that in the in the thing. In Broome, what do we do? Like, um, went to oh, just the just the scenery is amazing, and having a local there to show you around a little bit is also very cool. Um, it's very um, sparse the scenery, isn't it? It's very just nature. There's not um, much built up stuff. Oh, there's, no, there's, there's there's not much built up at all. It's nothing. And, like, if it rains too much, you can't leave. And crocodiles, like, roam the streets at night. And um, He's not making that up. Wild. This is legit stuff. This is, yeah. this is just Australia if you're listening internationally. So welcome. And the, um, just flying, even flying into Broome, the colours are amazing. Like, you have, like, the, the blues from the ocean and the reds from the soil. And oh, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Did you get to do any of the pearl stuff up there? Go and see the pearl no. farms? Mm. So they're quite famous for pearl farms. My in-laws just got back from a trip from the Northern Territory across to Broome, so they did a bit of that. So I've okay. a bit fresh on the older Broome knowledge, even though I've never been. Oh, but, um, yeah, no, they had a wonderful time and said the same thing, the colours and the experience. They did a, a boat trip from up there and went up and um, they just said it was, yeah, magnificent. And it's not cheap, though, not cheap. No, um, Travelling no, Australia isolation. is not cheap, but doing, and it's kind of, you can't really rough it. Um, you kind of need to, like, the, there are ways to do it on your own, but, um, yeah. yeah, trying just trying to get from place to place and, you know, even if you stay in campsites and stuff, like, you have to pay. And so I think mm. people don't. You know, if you're looking to do that part of Australia, the top end of Australia and um, that top part of WA, like you have to understand that you need time and you need money. <laughs> and water. And water. Mm, yes. So, yeah, yeah we, we did chat to the wonderful Amanda Kendall, who was also on episode 26, uh, and I have featured on a couple of her episodes on the Thoughtful Travel podcast. Uh, but, yeah, she has is Perth born and bred and lives there currently and uh, thought, yeah. you know, who better to talk to? And I've been fortunate to have been over there a couple of times um, myself, but for long periods, so three times I've been over, but for long chunks. So I actually had, and in talking to her, just kept being like, oh, yeah, and I went here, and, yeah, and I went there. And as usual, mm. um, my usual style, I didn't really look things up before. So I'd be like, you know that place that looks like this? And she'd be like, I think you're talking about this place. I was like, that's the one. <laughs> I was 13. Actually, funny story. I was dating one of our good friends when I was over there. <laughs> Basically, our whole relationship was while I was away. Wow. <laughs> oh, good memories, teenage memories. But we're, we're a travel podcast and not a whatever sort of podcast that we'd be. 
It's memory. It's memories. But it, it was like it was so funny, and I were very much. My it stint, is memory. A distinctive memory was also um, the music I was listening to, which we also just mentioned off air, which was um, Eminem, uh, Marshall Mathers LP, and the Slim Shady LP right. were my soundtracks of that trip. And another one of the other trips was Blink One Eight Two. They were big at the time, and so I had my Discman, and I was had those uh, CDs on loop. Shout out to Eminem and Blink One Eight Two. That's very uh, much. If you want to be on the show, hit us up. <laughs> two thousand, two thousand and one sort of era. Mm. Um, two thousand and one, yes. a Perth Odyssey. <laughs> yeah. So, just a little bit more about Amanda Kendall. Uh, as I said, please go and listen to her. Well, you can find her at the Thoughtful Travel Podcast. She's a podcaster and blogger, and she's obsessed with the benefits of travelling can give us and the world. So she's run the Thoughtful Travel Podcast since 2016. She has over 200 episodes, or more than 200 episodes, I should say, and she has published a travel blog, Not a Ballerina, since 2005, 16 years. It's incredible. So, wow. Yeah. Head on over. We'll put the links in the show notes to her, but you can also find her, Amanda Kendall, on Instagram and Twitter and Not A Ballerina on Facebook and website. And then her thoughtful travel community um, is brilliant on um, Facebook. I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm in there. But, yeah, let's should okay. we should we jump on out and hear what um, about Amanda's WA experiences? Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, let's get into it. Um, and stay tuned for the Australia series, everyone. It's going to be great. Woo-hoo. So welcome back to the podcast, Amanda Kendall. Thank you. It's exciting to be back. Yeah. So we uh, had the pleasure of having you on our episode number, and I said I would look this up, number 26. We talked about your Thoughtful Travel podcast and, of course, on that we learned that you live in Western Australia. So you were the obvious choice to talk to for our state series on WA. Well, I have been here nearly all my life and I do love WA. It's got its downsides but it's a pretty awesome place to live and I think it's a beautiful place to visit. So exciting to chat about it. It's enormous. Like it is so much bigger as a state of our country and I mean it's you know easily the largest state okay that's yeah, a fact that a I third do. of Australia like yeah. it's massive yeah but we have I don't know tiny perc- percentage of the populations like 2.6 million here or something now so yeah you'd be almost the size of Europe because Australia Europe can fit into Australia twice so yeah I think like if you think of like the Western Europe we're about the same as Western Europe so if we, when we used to talk about Western Europe, that was, yeah, that's pretty much the size of WA. So yeah. I, I think I think it's like four times the size of Texas and everyone always thinks Texas is huge, but I yeah. think we can fit Texas in four times. So, yeah. But with like, um, you know, sort of tiny percentage of the population. Absolutely tiny, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you really... It's a very, very big empty state. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Australia is a very big empty country predominantly. Yeah. But... We take that to the extreme. Yeah, we're very, um, you know, the East Coast heavy and then obviously you guys are very South heavy. Yeah. So, yeah a little tiny yeah. point on the bottom, not, not the point, but. Uh, but that, yeah, the region, the southwest cor- tiny corner really. Uh, I, I actually think I uh, looked it up recently and it's like 90% of WA's population is in that tiny corner. So, and then the rest is 
this vast, vast area with nobody for you know sometimes thousands of kilometres. So it's crazy. So it's probably a good time. And look, the reason we're doing this series um, is because, you know, of course at some point being from Australia myself, we were going to touch on the States, but being that we are in a time where we're not exploring the world as much, um, Australians are exploring our own country but even further than that, we're um, sometimes locked into our own state. Mm-hmm. And so we're exploring very much our own backyard, our, our state. And so you guys have the biggest playground. And, <clears throat> I mean, right now we're in, it's July 2021. So currently you aren't in a lockdown, but your borders are closed off to the rest of us. <laughs> to most of us. Yeah, to most of you, yes. Yeah, so, Yeah. yeah. Our Premier likes to close the borders as soon as there's basically any COVID out there. So uh, we are in uh, in lockdown. And I was just had lunch with a friend today who's just come back from a trip up north to Broome, and uh, and we had this exact discussion because of um, because of COVID. A lot of Western Australians are travelling to parts of WA that like it's pretty expensive because it's far and it's you know yeah. it's, it's expensive because you know of the lack of infrastructure and stuff. But uh, but she said, you know, normally we would have gone to Asia or Europe or America um, at least once in this sort of 18 months and we haven't. So we went up north and spent all our money up there instead. So, yeah, yes. it's kind of a cool way to, you know, to really see awesome stuff in Australia. It, we're almost forced to because there's nothing else we can do. So, you know, it's not, not a bad outcome. No, and it's the sort of place that people who are coming here for the first time and maybe their only time would go, and yet us people who live here all the time. But as you said, um, yeah, my my in-laws, I've said before, they'd um, they've just done a trip in the top of Australia, Northern Territory, and they came across into Western Australia and went to Broome, and they did a boat trip from up there as well, and absolutely loved it. But um, yes, I think the credit card took a a hit a beating yeah <laughs> so and they always knew that they knew that that was going to be that sort of trip and um i think that's why as well people maybe leave it often it's more of a retiree's sort of later in life probably have done a lot of other things and they go and also western australia takes a lot of time because of the huge distances so it's not something you can do in a few days you know if you've got a bit longer then it's it's a better destination so yeah. Yes, and I think well, I mean, people have jobs and things, but when yeah, we're not again spending our time elsewhere. Uh, people are taking the time to go to places where you know, and the same for me, you know, I've been to places for um, four or five days. But when I was younger, when I was younger, I'm pretty young, but when I was a teenager, <laughs> when I was a teenager with my parents, we came over to WA and spent a month twice. That's so, awesome. Yeah, four weeks each time. Um, Christmas holidays so in Australia we get, you know, the six, six, seven weeks. And, yeah, really got to see quite a lot of that southwest area and went up as high as Monkey Mire. Um, oh, fabulous. Yeah, so I've, I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, I was quite young but, you know, definitely old enough to remember a lot of it um, and to appreciate it. And, yeah, just doing the road tripping type thing and getting to stay in some really unique sort of places and mm. still a hell of a lot more to see. But I, And then oh, I only got back endless. two years ago and um, it was really nice to revisit and I have a trip planned for November, so fingers crossed I'll be doing a so. uh, follow-up episode. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it again with your own eyes. 
Yeah, yeah. It's really one of the things that's such a highlight for us East Coasters is watching the sunset over there. <laughs> the the sunsets, I was at Scarborough and watched the sunset while I was there in 2000, I'm going to say end of 2019. Yes, 2019 I was there last. It was just such a, a treat. To watch it sink into the ocean. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, likewise, when I go to the East Coast, I get up early to watch the sunrise over the water. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, like you have to go really far to do that, <laughs> to cross. Yeah. And the flight is crazy. Like I do big flights, um, you know, travelling to Europe, going to very distant places, but the fl- I cannot believe how long it felt going from Brisbane to Perth. It's a mm. five-and-a-half-hour flight, but it yeah. felt so long, and I think it's just because it's that mind messing with your mind that you're like, I'm still in Australia. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. Perth is crazy far from everywhere. You know, it's um, often touted as the world's most isolated city, and, you know, it absolutely is. It's actually closer to fly to Bali than to the next Australian capital, which is Adelaide. So it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's a really weirdly positioned place. Yeah. That is is so bizarre. And obviously, well, not obviously, but WA's had, um, I guess you've had a change um, maybe in the last 10 years or so with the mining industry. like Yeah, so about 15 years ago, a really massive mining boom came through uh, and the state's always been relatively wealthy because basically we just dig up stuff. <laughs> um, dig up valuable things. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's the best way to run an economy, but it's been working fairly well over the decades. But we had a huge mining boom. Uh, it was actually mostly while I was living abroad and, every, you know, prices skyrocketed. People were coming from everywhere to come and work in our mines. And, um, yeah, kind of it's it's cooled, a, cooled down a lot now, but we still have, a, you know, a huge mining industry. But, um, yeah, it certainly drew attention to the to the state. And we have, you know, a huge proportion of FIFO workers, so fly-in, fly-out workers who work on mine sites, um, some from other parts of Australia, but it's become a bit problematic with border closures mm. in the last 18 months. But uh, but certainly in Perth you always know lots and lots of people who who either do or know someone who works, or, you know, lives with someone who works on the mines, fly in, fly out on various rosters. So, yeah, it's a real part of the culture here for sure because the mines are very far away, you know, like you know, mm. 500 to 1,000 or 1,500 kilometres away. So you have to go up there, you know, fly up for a week or two or a month and then fly back down for the break and back and forth. So, yeah. Yeah, and it, it really um, drove up your, like, even the restaurants and things like that, wasn't it? Like just Yeah, because they couldn't get any labour, so it was impossible to get enough staff to run things because everyone who wanted to, you know, earn some bigger dollars would go up and work on the mines. So, yeah, and um, housing prices, everything went, yeah, it's, you know, really went up. And it's never really come back down. It's kind of, you know, it probably could have, but no one, you know, no one, you know, I mean, real estate corrected a bit, but like restaurants, I, th- I still find really expensive compared to lots of other parts of Australia. So, yeah. yeah. And like, the only good thing is when I go to like Scandinavia, where it's supposed <laughs> to be really expensive, it's about the same. So I don't even notice. <laughs> yeah. And it, it is just. So, yeah. If you're coming to Western Australia, don't budget or allow in your budget that if you're going to eat out a lot, it's not going to be super cheap. So. Yes, and it's not that like there are some wonderful places to eat and drink, but some of the you know the prices don't really reflect. Um, you know, they're not they're not always the bestest. But they're pretty standard restaurant, but yeah, even a standard meal is going to be expensive. 
yeah. dollars yeah. remain. That's like a bit much so but I do have a few questions for you so I'd love to hear about uh some famous places in WA the the places that people would probably have heard of but maybe some others that are like no state famous that we don't know of Hmm. so yeah it's interesting to think about like I don't know for sure what other people have heard of but let me tell you what I think they've heard of and what what is usually (laughs) in the brochures so uh if we start within Perth itself uh, people tend to know about Kings Park, which is you know a, a massive bushland and park area right above the city. So it's huge. It's considerably bigger than the New York Central Park. I know we always say that, uh, and it's a beautiful spot, and you get the best views over the city centre. So the city centre of Perth's changed a lot in the last mm. decade or two. Um, got a lot more waterfront build, building now because so the city sits on the Swan River, uh, and and before the city the city itself was kind of a couple of blocks back from that and we didn't really take advantage of this beautiful kind of riverfront but uh we've got you know new hotels and new uh you know other areas down there elizabeth key is new and restaurants and stuff so now we take much you know we have a lot more um engagement on that kind of beautiful riverfront so that's really nice you've got a new um, stadium so in there too the new um cricket ground yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a um, actually I just drove past it this afternoon. Um, Optus Stadium, it is. So that's out um, a little bit further east of the city, towards where the Crown Casino, formerly Burswood area, is. And yeah, it's actually a really beautiful stadium. I was I drove past it today, and I was just thinking, oh, you know, that is a lovely place. So uh, and um, yeah, so it's you know, there's all sorts of pockets of the of the inner city. A Fremantle is where people often go. So mm. on often on maps, and you know, it's, we always find it weird. But on a like on a big like a map of Australia or a map of the world, you'll see Perth and you'll see Fremantle just south of it as a separate city. And I think the people of Fremantle actually are quite proud and think that that is exactly how it should be. But it's just a <laughs> suburb of Perth. I mean, it's like putting my suburb on a on a map, yeah. you know, on a world map. <laughs> to us, it seems crazy. So, but it often gets represented that way. But that's the port part of Perth, uh, and it's kind of really quirky and got mm. lots of colonial history. And um, Fremantle Prison is one of my favourite um, sightseeing spots to send people. There's lots of really cool. It was used as a jail until like the 80s or even nearly the 90s. I think certainly when I was a kid, it was a real jail. But yeah. it was you know built. Um, by convicts uh, it's a you know really beautiful old stone building they have amazing tours they have just the regular even the regular kind of cells tour is amazing and they have a candlelight tour which is a bit scary oh yeah and there's actually tunnels under the um under the prison and you can go on a tunnels tour and you go on these little boats through I mean it's a really really well-run tourist attraction it often wins awards and stuff but like with really good reason it's really awesome it's just you know really cleverly done and really fascinating so uh yeah so that's there um you've got the market there too which I remember oh yeah that's true in Fremantle the yeah the Fremantle markets are great because yeah Fremantle's got a lot of that you know the more creative and artistic and kind of quote-unquote hippie people tend to live down that way and yeah it's colorful and interesting and there's a, the maritime museum is there and shipwreck galleries lots of lots of stuff it's a great place to to hang out so um actually there's a youth hostel in the prison so you can oh you can sleep there so, you know YHA. <laughs> I, I did stay in a prison i might always forget but it was in um in helsinki and <sighs> yeah they do they do a good job of you know judging them up but you know you <laughs> try to keep the creepiness out of it yes yes it doesn't right. pay to think too hard about it I think. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're quite right uh now the other i i think famous part 
nearby is Rotnest Island. Mm. So people might not necessarily know that its name, but you've probably seen pictures of quokkas. So the the smiling little animals called quokkas. So they're big rats. They're not big rats, but <laughs> that's oh, how Rotnest yeah. got its name because the original Dutch people who flew, who uh, uh, landed there thought they were rats and it became Rat's Nest, which became Rotnest. But um, they're the smiley animals. But Rotnest itself is is just an island. Um, depending on where you come, it's like less than an hour's boat uh, ferry from Perth, and it's just it's not, there's no cars there. It's a real beachside place. It's mm. just super relaxing, you know, really chilled out place and um at, actually at the beginning of COVID it was used for quarantine for oh, people uh-huh. returning you know like at the very beginning when people were returning from like Perth people returning from holidays and stuff from overseas and I thought that is an awesome place to quarantine like it must have been one of the most unique places in the world to quarantine so uh yeah but it's kind of easy to kind of keep them all on the island so yeah. It's stunning and it's like you can go snorkeling and it's just such a great little day trip. And now there's another island off um, Perth that we went to. We had very fortunate. We had some friends with a boat and so they took us over. The one with the seals or is that Rottnest? Ah, no, you might be thinking of, um, gosh, is it, uh, where the penguins are. Were there penguins too? Or seals? Oh, Green Island. I'm, seals, I'm not sure. Actually, they lay on the beach, and like I have a photo of me that I'll have to. I've taken a photo of the photo recently, and it's me lying on the beach, probably dangerously, only a couple of meters away from a seal, emulating the seal. <laughs> I think he um, moved soon after, and I, I moved very quickly. But <laughs> I had a very beautiful memory of yet snorkeling there, and um, the seal. I was, the guy I was snorkeling was like. Mm. And I was like, what are you doing? And then, you know, sort of, oh, okay, I'll turn my head. And there's this seal doing like a backflip just next to me and the fur was sort of shimmering in the water and it's just very, very beautiful. So, um, yeah, very fortunate to do that. I I like in my head it's Kangaroo Island, but that is wrong because that's South Australia. Australia. (laughs) (laughs) As I said, as I was saying off air, I was like, uh, yeah, like I can tell you all about it. I can tell you this beautiful memory. Cannot tell you where it is, so good luck. I hope you go there. It's great. <laughs> I just have to go back to Rottnest Island and say, don't go on a day trip. Stay overnight at least. Like okay. it's so much, a lot that you know, especially during you know regular tourism times, the number of day trippers there is massive. And once the last ferry of the day leaves about four o'clock or four thirty, ah, oh, it's just the best place to be. But it's okay. a bit hectic sometimes with with day trippers. So I always say to people, you've got to stay overnight or several nights or or whatever. So it's kind of place that. Now, general tourist activity now without, like, because they had the quarantine, you said, is that back to normal? Yes, yes. So now it's just tourism again. In fact, a friend of mine's there at the moment and she just posted pictures today because we've had really stormy weather and they actually cancelled the ferries, which is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she actually showed, um, posted all these photos and it looks completely empty. And I was like, oh, that looks like the best version of Rottnest ever. So <laughs> without all these people everywhere. So. Oh, yeah. is it all mine? Mine. <laughs> yeah, great tip. That's a great tip. Mm. Now. So tell me, uh, we've talked about a few famous places, but what are some of your favourite places? Oh, well, I have quite a few, but uh, Rottnest being one of them. And so I guess within Western Australia, the most common next place to go is what we call down south, 
mm-hmm. which is, you know, anywhere south and southwest of Perth. <laughs> the Margaret River region is the famous part. Or if you um at Dunsborough, Bustleton around that way. Or you keep going a little bit and you get to Walpole. In Walpole, this is one of my favorite parts. We have a treetop walk. So mm. through through some of the old carry forests and stuff. So, you know, beautiful, enormous old, old trees. And we have, you know, one of those like with cantilevered bridges going yeah. around the top of the treetops. Just beautiful. And is there one um, with a stick you can like go in one? Like you can go inside. Oh, um, one you can go inside. It's not one. So there's there's down there. There's a couple of like tingle trees where you can go inside at the base of them because they're massive and hollowed out. And not far from there in Pemberton, there's a couple of trees which were um, like fire fireman's watch kind of trees, and so they have ladders up them. Um, There's the Gloucester tree is the most famous one, and so people can still climb up that. I'm always amazed that it still exists. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think you've heard them. But it's always amazing to me because, like, from a health and safety perspective, it seems like climbing the Gloucester tree is, you know, it shouldn't be allowed. But it's great that it still exists, I think. I, yeah. I'm not a fan of those kind of height things because I freak out. So I've only ever been up part way. But, yeah, some people go all the way to the top. It's super tall. And you get a beautiful view over the forest. And, yeah, it's amazing. So, um, yeah, so there's lots of those kinds of things. And I was thinking about, like, where was my favourite ever experience in WA? It was actually north, so we go down south or we go up north. There's a lot of up north, but it's very far. So, you know, t- people tend to do the down south much more mm. frequently. But um, but up north, um, I've only flown up there. It's kind of a, an hour and a half flight, but, uh, you know, a good day's drive, 10 or 12 hours drive to the Ningaloo Reef area, so around mm. Exmouth and Coral Bay uh, and there's lots of, you know, it's a lot of, you know, nature and wildlife kind of stuff. You can um, humpback, see humpback whales, um, swim with whale sharks at the right time of year, uh, all of that kind of stuff. And I, when I was up there on a, a blogging trip a few years, quite a few years back, I got to fly in a micro light. So, oh, wow. um, you know, it's like a hang glider with a, an engine. It's like a flying motorcycle, I suppose. I was terrified, but the views over the Ningaloo Reef um, and and the National Park there, absolutely insane. It was just beautiful. So the locals like to say that the Ningaloo Reef is vastly superior to, no offence, the Great Barrier Reef. I don't know, but there's nobody looking at it basically compared to the Great Barrier Reef where there's lots of people looking. So there's that at least. You know, you yeah. ne- it's never crowded around Ningaloo Reef, although this year a little bit more so. Lots of yeah, lots of locals kind of going up that way. But, really yeah. popular one. I didn't realise it was that close to Perth. I mean, it's not you know, in, a, <laughs> in Australian terms that's close, but I, I thought it was, I'd, I had always pictured it was more like up near um, Broome sort of way. I oh, no, no, no. Up. I mean, you've got me wondering now if I've got my driving time right because I know it's just, it's that bit that's too far for me to drive on my own. But yeah. um, no, 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 it's nowhere near. It's definitely only kind of halfway, um, halfway up the coast. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really so, interesting. That's oh, coming. sorry. So 13 hours. But, oh. um, <laughs> so I was sort of right. <laughs> but, you know, in Australia, like, honestly, you know, we will, uh, for us, it's, oh, my, my husband's always like, it's like 10, it's nine hours, it's 10 hours. I'm like, no, it's a 12 hour trip to Sydney, it's a thousand kilometres. It's because um, you have to stop the car. <laughs> yes, I'm sure if you went straight. Yes, you know, with no interruptions. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you cannot um, physically do that. So, uh, yes, you must stop. Okay, that's really cool. Yeah, so you mentioned Exmouth. That's up there too. Exmouth. 
Exmouth. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So there's two towns. Exmouth is the bigger town. It was a, a US um, base for some time until relatively recently in history. Um, and Coral Bay is the kind of the beachside town a little bit further south. And those, yeah, that area is, is a very popular place at this time of year because it's considerably warmer than Perth. So uh, it used to be all the grey nomads would head up there at this time. Mm. But now... Lots and lots of people. Like a lot of my a lot of my friends have been up that way in the past, um, you know, month or so, especially over the winter school holidays and stuff. So because they would usually go to Bali to get warm, yeah, but they can't. So this uh, this uh, season, it's been uh, a lot around that Exmouth Coral Bay that kind and of. It region, does get so. chilly because you are down quite far, and yeah, it can get really. I mean, even I was there. Maybe I was there around winter time, and the day is lovely, but the night gets really chilly. And I loved um, actually like smelling like a lot of places had um, fires, wood fires, so the night was very cozy. But yeah, it was it was it was chilly. So it can get cool here, and worse is that we don't really believe it can get cool, and so our houses are not built for that mm. weather. Our houses are built for summer, and so it does get quite cold. Like I'm sitting here with a scarf, several layers, a blanket on my lap. You know, it's it's yeah. And we've had the worst weather this last four or five weeks. We've had nearly nonstop rain. So it's been, uh, yeah. That's Winter good. is not my favourite time in Perth. I'm picking that up. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share a couple of my highlights. You know, now you've mentioned yes. that. It's funny, I can't, I, like I remember, as I said to you before, I remember I've got like really vivid memories, but I think because I was a teenager, I didn't take so much note. Like I wasn't doing any of the obviously the driving. And you didn't know day. you'd become a travel podcaster either, did I you? Didn't know that. So I mean, I could probably ask. I'm you know still in touch with the family that we travelled with, who are incredible travellers. And oh, actually, shout out David Stevens. He's in our um, Facebook group, and. Um, yeah, mum and dad obviously took me, so I could probably ask them. But I do sometimes ask them, but we, we did a lot. So, uh, yeah, well, when you had a month twice, that's a lot of time to spend exploring WA. So that's yeah. awesome. And yeah. it was great to have some time in Perth and to enjoy, like, um, it was always, it was over Christmas, New Year time. So it's a lovely time to be there and just mm-hmm. hanging out at a friend's house in a different house in their pool and enjoying that very lovely summer weather and so that was that's a nice treat but um for me monkey Maya, which i sort of mentioned before so you can see dolphins there um we went out a big catamaran actually saw a baby dolphin um the dolphins come up to the shore for feeding and one decided to swim directly at me and landed at my feet and so there's all these hundreds of people on the shore and this dolphin just rolled over and just was lying in looking up at me it was really you know, there's an animal encounter special moment. So yeah, that's beautiful. And they've also been really careful there. They've really, um, you know, as the years have gone by and they've learned more about the best ways to interact and stuff, they've really limited their interaction. So it's still good for humans, but they've made sure that the dolphins aren't reliant on it and stuff. So yeah. They used to like feed them a lot and stuff, but they've really um, scaled that back. So it to be a kind of a really good balance of it, I think. So yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, and then look at these natural occurrences that they do find these spots. And we've got Tangaluma up here where they visit. And it's just, it's such a nice, to see a dolphin in the wild, mm. it, it's really a treat. Yeah. My other real highlight was Pinnacle Desert. Oh, yes. Oh, I didn't mention them yet. We went just again <laughs> last year. It was my third or fourth trip there. It's so cool there. But I'll let you tell, talk about it. <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. And we went both trips, um, I do believe. But we saw something very rare. We saw an emu in the Pinnacle Desert, which apparently 
It was like oh, they don't actually live. in the pinnacles in the yeah, yep <sighs> yeah um, that's I, so cool. I jumped out the car singing. Um, I had my Walkman in and um, <laughs> scared the emu away, but it was <laughs> it was amazing <laughs> to see this emus. You know because it's. We had like sort of stormy skies and then this bright yellow sand and just nothing but these sort of stone. They look like stone, but they're yeah, they're limestone gorgeous. pillar things. Yeah, they're it's such an unusual. It's like a weird out of out of space, yeah, out of space kind of Mad Maxi sort of yeah, yeah, <laughs> futuristic, yeah. post apocalyptic. Um, yeah. And you just drive around. Like, there's, there's nothing to do per se you just go and look at them and experience them and um my dad decided to emulate billy Connolly. um so he started taking off his billy Connolly uh had his you know world tour of australia and we watched that recently and so i haven't seen what he does at the pinnacles <laughs> oh he likes to be naked places and uh, oh, oh okay i must go and look this up <laughs> yeah so my dad, your dad decided to do it and you know we we halted him at the t-shirt off we're like we get it we get it. <laughs> uh dad it's embarrassing yeah especially when you're a teenager yeah <laughs> um a friend went recently and it reminded me, I forgot. Oh, no, well, it didn't. I remembered the photo, but it just, like, I wouldn't have been able to name what it was. But it's pretty obvious when you hear the name. But it's Nature's Window. Mm-hmm. It's the rock formation. And I don't know where that is, though. Uh, Calberry, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the, the probably the one near Calberry, I think. Yeah. And it's it's like the Grand Canyon-y type. It, that's what it feels like there, that, that red rock. Um, and just, yeah, again, rock formations. I think Western Australia really, you know, time, you need time and you're really going to understand natural landscapes. Yes, yes. And to appreciate different ecosystems. Like we went to a place where there were stalactites, um, wave rock weren't there, so uh, incredible the way the, the water has, you know, sort of created these patterns which makes it look like a wave on it. Yeah, and it's enormous. It towers over you. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you're still allowed, but we were like walking over the top of it, and I'm sure. It's... Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can still walk everywhere there. Yeah, yeah so you yeah. climb, walk over it, is like standing on the wave, and um, yeah, we had then, and then the other side, I think, of the history side is that, um, like you said, the convict sort of uh, and early settlers. So you have these um, very like uh, oldie worldy sort of places to visit, and I remember um, old uh, Albany. We went right down there. Albany, yes, Albany. yes. Common mispronunciation is to make it Albany-like in the US, mm. but, yeah, it's Albany. So, yeah, um, I should have mentioned it one of my favourite places because I've been there at least 200 times. My grandmother lived there. My auntie and uncle still do. So, yeah, and there's a lot of interesting history around that way too. So, yeah. Yeah, and then one of the places that we went that um, my friend probably won't like me saying this, but we went to Geraldton and I remember it being finding it quite boring <laughs> um and I think it's improved a little bit but not yeah much. it was a bit I don't know why but we but the, we did a very cool thing which we got a flight out to they have some islands and we went on a, like a scenic flight from there so that's beautiful out there. that was yeah. super cool and I don't know why yeah. because it's quite dry and grassy and it's kind of farmy land I don't think of it as being near the water but it was because we took a flight over the water yeah it's on the coast yeah the whaling station there, the old whaling museum. Yep, that the whaling museum well. in Albany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. yeah. So I'm um, probably again confusing places, but yeah. yeah. So there, yes, yes that's yes. my. Um, 
And I did just want to say, when we talk about the historical things, we, we these days now have way more um, Indigenous tours and Indigenous kind of tourism attractions to get to. Um, and I have to put a plug in for my favourite one in Perth, which is a guy called Walter Maguire who, who runs Go Cultural Tours. Like I've done some Perth tours with him where you're in the middle of like the foreshore at Elizabeth Quay with all the modern stuff around you and he does a smoking ceremony and he explains you know, what parts of, of this very centre of Perth were, um, why were they important for different reasons, for different ceremonies and stuff before we came along and built all our mm. buildings in the way. But um, really, really interesting. So I will definitely yeah. put that in the show notes. And I think that is something that we um, we mentioned in our first Australian episode and it was like that. It's just such a different mindset to when you're travelling in Europe or places that do have a, I guess, a more structural history. Like we think of history as buildings, um, but Australia, the land and the people, we have, you know, um, one of the oldest cultures in the world. So there's a lot of history in the land and you do get to see that when you go. So you're looking at the natural landscape and you are getting to hear the stories, but it's lovely that to have, um, you know, a focus. So if you can go on a tour that is specifically learning about the Indigenous history and, as you say, in a place where it might not be so obvious because... Obvious straight away, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, because it's made of so many different um, lands, you know, across Western Australia. So it's different everywhere, different stories, different backgrounds. It's, yeah, and there's, yeah, more and more interesting um, tourism products that reflect that. So, yeah. And a famous place for... um, a well-known place, and I think from my, I used to do some work with World Vision, is sort of for, uh, still has a big Indigenous population, would be the Pilbara. And so... The Pilbara and the Kimberleys, yeah, mm. absolutely. So all the the very far north, the north northern top or the northern third of uh, of Western Australia. And that's where uh, you're lots really lots thinking about, like, red, like red desert, yeah. just proper <laughs> sort of Amazing. that side of Australia. Real outback. <laughs> Yes, yes. So yeah. if you want to go yeah. super raw, and I'm gutted my friend was living there and I missed the opportunity actually again in 2019. Oh. This was like one of those times where I'd been travelling quite a bit and I was like, oh, I really should probably stay at home. But a friend went over there and another friend was living there and he was living there and he's now in Karatha, so I really loved to- Oh, Karatha's beautiful. But, um, yeah, they're, they're having the wedding in um, Margaret River, which we already mentioned. So. Oh, that's the wedding. Ah, yes, right. Oh, what a shame they're not having it at Karatha because it's great up there and you're right on the doorstep of the Karajini National Park and lots of cool stuff to do up there. So yeah. Just trying to oh, make yeah. another trip, that's all. <laughs> trying to yeah. Another one. <laughs> yeah. So um, I just want to ask you a little Yeah, so you said before you've lived there pretty much all your life. Um, so you, yeah, tell us a little bit about, I guess, your history, your history in WA. Yeah, well, so I was born in Perth, but both my parents came from the country. Um, my dad lived all, you know, quite around like somewhere, sometimes in the eastern, like east-ish of Perth and in the southwest. And my mum, as I said, grew up in the Great Southern, so um, down on a farm about an hour north of Albany. And uh, so my grandparents lived there in, on a farm until I was, you know, a teenager or so. So we had lots of family holidays down on the farm in the Great Southern. So uh, that's to me what WA is all about is that, you know, the agricultural land and stuff. Mm. Um, but I've always been a city girl, really. I do love being out in nature, but, you know, I've born and bred in the city. So that really is is my kind of way. And in, in Perth, 
you're very clearly one of two kinds of people. You're either a north of the river person or a south of the river person. And I, apart from a small blip for maybe a year or so when I was 20 and I lived like just on the river south, like just south, uh, because I had a boyfriend from south of the river, but you know, it was never going to last because, you know, wrong side of the tracks. So um, we, uh, yeah, so I'm a north of the river person and uh, and that is just the way it is. It always is that way. So yeah, uh, th- neither both of them are really exactly the same. Just a reflection of each of each, a mirror image of each other. You know, the rich people are living right close to the city, and as we get further away, like me, we're more middle class. And then it's a very long, stretched out city because everyone wants to live near the coast, basically. Yeah, so, apart from a few in the hills. It's funny coming in, like when you fly into the airport, and then it's sort of like like grassy land there's a bit of bush and then all of a sudden you're at the beach and then like a bit further and then you're in the city like it's just it's a very interesting sort of progress and you do get that remote like as soon as you get to the airport and you're driving through and it was my first time driving and been driven around before so it was very like oh yeah we're remote yeah we're far away (laughs) and then all of a sudden oh (laughs) we're just here yeah it's an interesting layout I guess and like you're saying it's because people yes so there's parts that are still very bushy or very yeah grasslandy I was sort of getting a vibe of um yeah 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 absolutely yeah Yeah. very interesting it's a funny place Perth but I have a I I learned saying not city girl um I'm definitely yeah I'm a city girl sorry not a country girl as well because we stayed somewhere down in I guess it was that southern would you say the southern uh, where you're, where you're southwest or the Great Southern or oh, the Great Southern probably yeah, yeah. So we, like yeah we were down that way and we stayed in a little farmhouse and we went and played chasings in the hay and hay looks very soft and swishy but uh, when hay is cut to about knee height or calf height it is very scratchy and ouchy and um, yes. I was survived running through it. We came out with these awful scratches and, like, I remember lying in bed all night like, ah, my legs. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah that can be quite painful. Yeah, that was um, that was a pretty quick lesson we learned. So, yes, not a country young <laughs> either. But you mentioned before uh, quickly, a, a, you know, the unique experiences um, of, of the Indigenous tours and are there any other unique experiences so kind of special to WA or something that you think when you're there you really should just you got to do this well I mean I think it, it all often depends on budget but I'll tell you one thing that I um, actually was chatting about with a friend today that a couple of friends have done this uh, this year in fact and up in the Kimberley there's a very special place called the Horizontal Falls so um, David Attenborough famously said it was like one of the world's greatest natural wonders uh, and you can only access it by seaplane, so you can already tell it's not a low-budget activity, but um, it's one of those really, really special places. So there's kind of um, – um, really I would recommend Googling a video of the Horizontal Falls because I'm not going to do it justice by explaining it, but uh, basically, you know, there's kind of a, a gap between some, you know, really rocky areas, kind of a gorge kind of gap but in the in the sea and the way the tide work and I don't know exactly how it works, it's like a horizontal waterfall. And so you can go through there in, 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 a, in a boat and you sort of see, and it goes like the 
waterfall, quote unquote, goes one way until the tide changes and it goes back the other way. It's really rushing like a waterfall and it's 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 hard to explain. And there's this kind of waterfall part going into the sea. Very strange, very special. Um, and, you know, you fly in so you can see it from above and then you can boat through it. And it's really, really unique. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, locals have started doing this year because they're not going overseas. And so they're like, oh, wow, well, this is this once in a lifetime thing. So that would be my other kind of hidden tip. I haven't done it, but... I've seen enough and heard enough from friends that I know I want to. There you go, adding it, to, adding a little bucket list on here. That's um, yep. <laughs> definitely, and I haven't done a seaplane, so I'm like, you know, I keep thinking. No, me neither. Oh, there you go. Well, if you're going to do that, you want to do because they do a little scenic seaplane flight. I'm like, I'm not going on a seaplane and just going up in the just, air. Just to do it. Yeah, exactly. You want to do it to go somewhere really cool. Yeah, so. or, you know, you yeah. have lunch somewhere or something, you know, and there's <laughs> It's a very pretty penny, and I'm like, I can get there by boat really easily. Yeah, <laughs> so like, yeah exactly. Yeah, you want to do it somewhere that's the only choice. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There you go. Adding that to the seaplane in the Kimberleys to the horizontal falls. Done. Yeah. On the list. I love it. <laughs> well, it has been so wonderful to share. I, I love seeing your updates, and I mean, you've got hundreds of not hundreds. Well, maybe hundreds of mentions on your podcast about Western Australia. So the Thoughtful Travel Podcast must have a listen. But I believe you did have a fun fact for me too. I do, I do. Well, it's not for you. It's for Darius. Oh. But <laughs> but I was just, you know, thinking I know he likes his fun facts. And I found, well, I just did a bit of research because I was thinking I was thinking about, you know, WA has this massive long coastline. Like I always say, I haven't even said our beaches are amazing. And the best part about WA beaches is that there's nearly always, it's always possible to find a beach with nobody else there because our coastline is so long. So this is the thing. Our coastline, I looked up, is uh, 12,889 kilometres long, the WA coastline. And so I thought, oh, I have to find a fact that works for Darius. And so I thought, well, how? How long are the Autobahns in Germany? Like how many kilometres of Autobahns are there in Germany? And I'm really annoyed because <laughs> the Autobahns beat our coast by ah. only 107 kilometres. So it was like 12,996. So only a hundred, basically 100 kilometres longer, the Autobahns all across Germany is, you know, equivalent to the WA coast. So that is my fun fact, especially for Darius today. However, however, um, we also have, and I didn't know this, until I was researching this fun fact, there's like four thousand islands off the WA coast. So that part wow. of WA, I, obviously some of them are tiny, but I had no idea we had that many. But if you add it in their coastline, then we have way more coastline than than you have Autobahns, Darius. But there you go. <laughs> but take that. <laughs> yes, take that. <laughs> well, thank you for that uh, fun fact. And uh, would you like to leave a, a German message again? Oh, well, I hadn't thought about that, but I should, shouldn't I? Um, Hello, Darius, and uh, ich habe nichts Besonderes zu sagen, aber ich hoffe, dass es geht dir gut. Und um, irgendwann, irgendwann, irgendwann müssen wir zusammen reden, nicht nur mit Emma. Uh, und ja, bis nächstes Mal. Tschüss. Hey, Amanda, hier ist Darius und vielen Dank für deine Nachricht. Ähm, nicht nur eine Nachricht, sondern auch ein paar äh, wissenswerte Fakten. Ähm, ja, lässt mein Herz total aufblühen. Ähm, ich habe dann auch noch ein wenig recherchiert. Und äh, obwohl die Küste Westaustraliens super schön ist und sicherlich mit den ganzen Inseln auch eine, ähm, eine sehr große Länge aufweist, ähm, die Autobahnen in Deutschland sind mehrspurig. Und wenn man alle Fahrstreifen zusammenzählen würde, 
dann äh, ergibt sich eine Gesamtlänge von rund 59.000 Kilometer. Ähm, also, ja, obwohl eure Fakten schöner sind, äh, ist unsere Autobahn trotzdem länger. Ähm, ich würde mich jedenfalls freuen, äh, mit dir mal aufzunehmen. Ähm, ich komme gerne zu dir in den Podcast oder du zu uns. Ja, sag Bescheid und bis bald. Unprepared, sorry. No, it's perfect. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that. I should have thought about that. I, I apologize for my terrible grammar, but no. Does it? Does it? Uh, is there any German um, sort of things in in WA, or is that? Are you just? Uh, you're the German language. Uh, well, in the Swan Valley, which is like our wine region in Perth, like on the outskirts of Perth, there are there is um, a pretty good German pub and there's a German restaurant which I find a bit average but a pretty good German pub so there's a few German places we have a fair few German immigrants here so yeah, yeah. but um yeah there we can get German here yeah you can get German so there we go uh the only reason we we reference that is Darius our co-host is German if you listen to any other episodes you would know that because it comes up a lot and because Amanda speaks Frequency Deutsch Uh, sehr gut, which is not good grammar, but she speaks very well. <laughs> well, I don't know if I do, but I lived in German for a few years so and learnt German all through school. So, yeah, yeah that's where that comes from. Yeah, sehr gut. Well, Duncan, okay. thank you very much for being here. And uh, we will if we'll throw a few links to some of your WA episodes, specific episodes and um, some of the links, you know, the places that you've talked about. We've mentioned many, 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 so probably a whole lot of uh, WA tourism websites will get get some hits. And uh, if you get the chance, if you're, if you're in Australia and, and, you know, you feel stuck, um, why not explore your own country and um, Western Australia if you've got the time? or make the time. And if you don't have a lot of time, even a week or so, you can still see a lot in um, Absolutely. Pick your spot. That's all. You can't flit yeah, about. That's right. Cheaply. No, you can't You can't cover all of Western Australia, in a, not even in a long holiday. It's, you know, there's so much. But, yeah, pick a couple of spots that sound interesting. There's lots of amazing things to see. Thank you so much, Amanda. Lovely to chat. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Um, already looking forward to the next one. Uh, we also have a rather extensive back catalogue for you to check out. Um, but in the meantime, you can uh, follow us on Instagram. That's at Lovely Travels on Instagram. Or you can come and check us out on Facebook, Lovely Travels. That's L-O-V-E-L-L-Y. Or we would love for you to join our Facebook community uh, with more than 500 members talking all things travel and adventure. That's the Lovely Travels community. You can also visit our website, which is lovelytravels.com. Or shoot us an email. We love hearing from our listeners. So please send us an email, feedback, comments, questions, whatever. Info at lovelytravels.com. And you can listen, review, subscribe, like, share, and promote our podcast in any shape, way, or form. Uh, we are on Spotify, iTunes, the internet, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere where you get podcasts, you will find us. All good podcasting locations. So That's tune in right. next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you then. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.